the vital way. Where ancient wisdom meets the cutting edge to optimize your vitality and performance. There are no right ways, just better ways. Welcome, I'm Logan Christopher, and this is the Vital Way Podcast. Today on the call, I have with me Travis Stetzel. Uh, if you don't know Travis, he is one strong individual. I've had the uh, pleasure of knowing Travis for, I guess it's a couple of years now, even co-taught a workshop with him, the No BS Strength Secrets. Uh, definitely, like I said, he's one very strong individual, uh, a competitor in the CrossFit. Well, the games, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so thanks for joining us, Travis. Yeah, for sure, Logan. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess a little bit of background would be good. How did you, uh, I guess, get to where you are today? Man, it's been a long road, a lot of ups and downs, I'm sure, as everybody has. But, uh, yeah, as you said, um, uh, I guess uh, I'm, I'm a strength athlete still, uh, run my own gym here in Omaha, Nebraska, called the Forged Athlete. But uh, before I got started with that, I, I grew up uh, as an athlete playing a lot of different sports. I played football and baseball in college and then stuck with football uh, after college, played a little bit of arena football, and then I actually did a bodybuilding show after that. So um, that kind of got me into the bodybuilding world. And then uh, after I did my first show, I just hated the type of training I was doing, the bodybuilding type training. I, I still added a lot of uh, athletic type um training into the mix but that's I just I was like sitting on a calf machine one day and I was like fuck this I (laughs) I couldn't take that type of training anymore and I just wanted to train for strength and you know be more athletic so that's when I kind of stopped doing that and focused more on athletic based training and went back to my roots with a lot of body weight type training and just started training in like parks with kettlebells and sandbags and doing a lot of playground type uh, workouts and then uh that's that's kind of what got me into starting up my own gym and uh since then I've been staying competitive in CrossFit like you mentioned uh I've I've made it to the CrossFit regionals uh 4 years not to the games yet um been close a couple of years but uh man that the sport of CrossFit has just grown tremendously over you know, the the last few years since I first started doing it back in 2011, it's just to make it to regionals anymore is a blessing. Um, I mean, the competitive level of just the athletes across the board is just insane now. So it's been awesome to see how the sport has grown. But uh, I guess I got my start um, in training. I was lucky my dad got me into training at an early age with just bodyweight training. So we had a... Um, a uh, clothes hanger in the backyard that I would do pull-ups on all the time. And uh, he actually put up a pegboard uh, behind our garage um, for me to, like, climb on and stuff like that. He was huge into bodyweight training and just training in, in, in general for wrestling. Uh, I did wrestling a lot um, growing up. So he that got me into training and just the mindset of hard work, uh, you know, and, and – just around the sport of wrestling, I mean, it's just mano a mano. So if you're stronger than the other guy, I mean, that's going to give you a huge advantage. So that really got me into training at a young age, just with like body weight and stuff like that. And then it kind of took off from there, man. 
Excellent. Well, I want to dive a little bit more into the topic of CrossFit because uh, uh, I guess there's some controversy about it. And you don't have a CrossFit gym, but you compete in CrossFit. Can you say a little bit, What are what's the difference between the sport of CrossFit and just like CrossFit training, I guess? <laughs> For sure. Um, well, CrossFit, the sport of CrossFit, like kind of like I mentioned, just the popularity of it has grown, and so the ability of the athletes has grown as well, and just the the evolution of the athletes, so to speak, has grown. So when it first kind of started, people were doing CrossFit. So basically CrossFit is like constantly varied, high-intensity, um, you know, fully functional movements done. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they're saying is, but it's like done for <laughs> brothel domains or whatever, but... Kind of high intensity, high volume, high density. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Everything high. Um, CrossFit, in my opinion, is is an awesome way for people, just general fitness. If you're looking to get in shape, um, you know, good conditioning, and you're looking to get good at kind of everything across the board, like kind of be strong, be well conditioned, um, you know, all that different stuff, not be a specialist in anything, so to speak. CrossFit is going to be a very good uh, means to training if you do it right, uh, you know, in regards to proper progressions, um, you know, staying keyed in on technique and form and not just focusing in on the high intensity aspect of it because, uh, you know, that's another part of the progression. And that's one of the main reasons it's gotten a, such a bad name is people just do it at a high intensity and say, hey, I'm doing CrossFit. But then they forget about, oh, well, your back was freaking rounded out the whole time and you know you're lifting too much weight there but um in my opinion like gpp um so general physical preparedness i think uh crossfit is a good way for that now when you get into the sport of crossfit totally different and i talk about this quite a bit um in my newsletter and uh to people that are interested in getting into crossfit like you got to treat it just like a sport because that's what it is. It's the sport of fitness. So you got to train more specifically for it. So you got to focus on strength. You got to focus on skills. So your gymnastics skills, muscle ups, different things like that. So you just can't do things random wad of the day all the time. If you're looking to be an athlete in the sport of fitness, then you got to actually have a program that you're following. I mean, you're still going to have a lot of constant variation, but there's still going to be an overall kind of method to the madness, so to speak. And I kind of figured that out when I uh, started competing back in 2011. I guess that kind of gave me a little bit of an advantage when I first got started um, in that regard because I was still programming for myself at the time, and that's the type of approach that I took. I was still focusing in on strength. I kept that very uh, consistent and progressive in nature. And then the really th- only thing that I really kept, um, you know, kind of chaotic and um, random was like the conditioning that I was doing. So I was always changing up the conditioning, whether that meant I was running long distances or blending like a heavy strength movement with long distances or whatever, or just a short like five minute type Metcon. You know, that was the kind of the random aspect of it. But that's in a, in a nutshell, that's the biggest difference between the two um, that people often uh, uh, misconstrue, I guess, like CrossFit, just CrossFit training for fitness, and then CrossFit training for for sport. Uh, It's going to be two 
to- totally different things. Right. And I see how people could make that mistake because you assume, you know, people would do the CrossFit like the workout of the day. And that's a big part of CrossFit in order to be able to compete. But you really do need a focused program in order to, uh, you know, improve your strengths, improve your weaknesses and focus on where you as an athlete need to go, especially, as you said, as the competition gets much tougher as it moves forward. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've trained I've been training with uh, a couple games athletes over the last couple of years uh, with uh, Kyle Kasperbauer, who got third back in 2013, I want to say 2012, maybe. Um, and then Stacy Tovar, who's been like a seven times game athlete. And I'll tell you right now, if you're trying to compete at that level, like the amount of training that they do, like it's just ridiculous. And you you look at somebody like Rich Froning, and uh, I mean, that guy, his whole lifestyle is built around his sport. So he's a professional exerciser, man. <laughs> that's why That's why he's like the fittest man in the world. I mean, that's all he does is he trains all day. Like he'll do, like it's it's not uncommon for him to do, for, these are from, you know, resources that know Rich personally. I don't know him personally. I don't know his actual training program or anything like that. But for, according to them, like it's on average, he's doing, you know, like five different training sessions a day. And that's because his whole lifestyle is built around that like he has a full gym in his garage he doesn't have a day-to-day job that he has to go to and so that's another thing people have to think about if they're wanting to compete in CrossFit like they're gonna have to I mean there's some athletes that are in the games that are pretty gifted um ability wise that you know have, have that have that strength and that that athleticism overall that don't need to be training like super crazy you know like four or five sessions a day, um, you know, they can get by with maybe one or two. But for most people, they got to understand that's the major difference between the sport of fitness and, you know, just um, CrossFit on its own. Mm -hmm. So what drew you into the sport? Why did you choose to compete in CrossFit versus Olympic lifting, powerlifting, any of the other things, strongman, that sort of thing? Uh, For me – I mean, just being an athlete in college and growing up being an athlete, just always consistently competing in something. And and like I mentioned, I did the bodybuilding. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did the bodybuilding, and that was a whole different type of competition where I just didn't feel like an athlete. So, I mean, you could look good, but then to win an event or – like I was thankful enough I won a show – and, um, you know, it comes down to looking better than the, the other guy next to you. But uh, really what it is, it's a popularity contest almost. Like, do you know one of the judges? And, you know, you get into the whole inside world of the bodybuilding stuff. But um, mm-hmm. I just didn't like it. I, I, I had to be competing physically. And so uh, back in 2011, right before the CrossFit Open, like I really didn't know anything about it. My buddy uh, shot me a text message and he said, hey, have you heard of the CrossFit Open? And I, I remember I had heard something about it. I really didn't know much about it, but uh, I looked into it. And at the time, you didn't have to be in an affiliate to compete in the Open. Like, anybody can do it. So all you had to do is film your video or film the workout that came out that week and then post it up. And so I said, hell, I'm already posting up all my workouts on YouTube anyways. So 
I might, as, might well, as well. I might as well do this thing and see see what's going on with it. And so, um, yeah. So I entered the Open in 2011, and I did well enough to go to the regionals. And I remember I got the invite, and for my region, it was a it was in Chicago that year at the Navy Pier. And I remember I waited till the very last like deadline uh, day to sign up for the deadline because I, I was like, ah, I'm not gonna go. And then I said, what the hell? I'll I'll try it out. And it was just the atmosphere of the the competition scene that just I was stuck when I done it when I first did it. I was just like, this is badass. Like a lot of like minded people as far as like fitness goes. Mm-hmm. Everybody competing, and you know, it's a really good. It's a different kind of atmosphere versus like you know when you're doing like a wrestling meet or something like that. Like you look at somebody and you're like, hey, that's my opponent. I'm not going to talk to that guy. I'm just going to stare him down. You know. Whereas like CrossFit, it's just it's still an individual competition, but everybody's kind of like for each other, and it's really cool atmosphere. That that's really what drew me in, and what's uh, kept me uh, within the sport because it's kept me it's it's given me a a reason to just keep training hard and obviously keep eating right and just training my body, you know, good um, for the whole competition aspect of it. So. Constantly seeing yourself improve, you know, strength-wise, conditioning-wise, um, improving on just overall performances just really kept me uh, drawn in and um, stuck to it, I guess. Yeah, I've started to notice that I've I've been doing a few more competitions. That having that sort of drive that you know you're going to have to compete on, you know, whatever the date happens to be, can be a very powerful motivator for. Uh, really keeping you at the top of your game. Oh, for sure. Oh. So what are some of the current goals? Like, what are you working on? So you're not just doing the workout of the day. We've established that. Uh, what does your training look like? What are you aimed after and how are you going after it? Um, right now, uh, it's kind of the off season for me because regionals just got done and then the games just got done. So my uh, my training volume was actually really, really high. It was like crazy. And I'm fortunate enough to where, uh, you know, owning a gym, I'm a, I'm my own boss. I can kind of work out when I want to during the day. So I was doing a lot of training with uh, Stacy Tovar. Um, with her getting ready for the games, our training volume was like insane. So I'm kind of in deload phase now, where I'm just really my workouts are kind of random now. But um, I'm still squatting um, every week, deadlifting every week, and then overhead pressing. So usually that's always in the mix. Um, usually squatting um, Monday and Saturdays, deadlifting um, middle of the week, and then overhead press strength usually one time during the week. But um, like I was saying, uh, it's kind of off season for me. So my focus is now um, when I start to get back into it is going to be to kind of focus in on my my overall squat endurance. That's one of my bigger um, weaknesses, I guess. I, I can squat a lot of weight. But then if I was to have to do, say, 75% of my one rep max for a lot of reps, that's where I kind of fall off. And uh, so that's what one of my focuses is going to be is uh, getting my strength endurance up on on my like front squats and stuff like that. So I'll be doing a lot of higher rep uh, front squat training and then kind of mixing that in with, into like Metcons and stuff like that. Um, Olympic lifts are always a focus. So... Usually every other week, uh, I'll be hitting close to one rep maxes on that, trying to, you know, increase that a little bit. 
but uh, the the other focus is my endurance work. So um, I've been adding in a lot of rowing. I just hate hate the freaking rower. So any workout <laughs> that has anything over a 500 meter in it, uh, it just slows me down just because my my cardiovascular endurance isn't the greatest. Being a football player, um, always just I was always used to just short high intensity, uh, you know, anaerobic type stuff. So anything over like, you know, 20, 30, 40 seconds all out intensity, you know, it kind of starts to really get at me. So, um, that's one of my bigger focuses as well is just longer distance running, uh, longer distance rowing. So I tend to throw that stuff in at least once or twice a week, if not even more. Um, something that, I guess as far as goals go, something that I do in my gym with all my athletes is usually about every 60 days we'll set new set of uh, we'll we'll put up some new goals on our board, and so you have 60 days to to hit those goals. So you and they got to be measurable goals, and they can be you know stuff outside of the gym as well, like nutritionally or just you know um, behavioral wise or st- again stuff that you got to be able to measure, but Typically, most people put, you know, uh, perform performance-based goals up there. So right now, my main focus is get my front squat. I want my front squat um, past 405. So that's one of my strength goals. And then for rowing, I got to row a uh, uh, 50,000 meters. I think I uh, – well, the next deadline is August 1st. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn close. I have to check, uh, check my logbook because every time I row, I – I tack on the uh, amount of uh, meters I just rode. So I'm getting pretty close to 50,000 meters um, overall. So just different things like that right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if we could go a little more detail. Uh, so you mentioned a few of your different weaknesses, and uh, this might be good because they're kind of different. So you're working on a bit of the endurance with the front squat, but you also have that 405 goal and then this, sort of longer distance row so you mentioned you might do each of these once or twice a week but is there any sort of more specifics on ways in which you uh, focus in in order to build up these weaknesses yeah for sure so uh, like I mentioned I'm always squatting deadlifting and overhead pressing during the week usually um, Mm -hmm. with my main template so usually Mondays I'm squatting pretty heavy um, and right now my focus is on my front squat so I'll, I'll squat pretty heavy on Mondays and then I might come back on a Tuesday and specifically program in, you know, a Metcon, uh, focusing in on, you know, lighter, uh, lighter weight, high rep, either front squats or squat cleans or, you know, maybe a mixture of like airdyne bike to hit the quads and then, you know, some sort of like squatting just to hammer the quads and, and that squat endurance. But uh, Monday's usually strength um, as far as str- uh, squatting goes. Wednesday, I like to get overhead and uh, I guess overhead pressing and then body weight pulling strength in there. So I'll do some sort of like heavy, heavy overhead press, whether that be with push pressing, um, strict presses, or I'll do like weighted pull ups or something like that. So Wednesday is usually kind of overhead uh, upper body push and pull. And then Friday, um, usually I'll come back with a back squat and um work on the back squat so i'm squatting usually twice a week overhead pressing and then as far as deadlifts go it just depends on um 
the type of phase I'm in. Usually I stick on uh, my phases for about four weeks. So four weeks I'll stick to the same strength movements, trying to progress on those, and then I'll take like a deload week and then kind of switch up the main strength movements. And it just kind of depends with, with deadlift because with the Olympic liftings, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of pulling from the ground already, so you don't necessarily have to do heavy deadlifts. And um, I know when I've programmed for some of my – uh, online clients, we might not have any deadlifts in the uh, four-week phase, and they'll be like, "Hey, why why aren't there any deadlifts?" Well, number one, we're doing you know some sort of clean from the ground, whether that be a power clean or you know a full squat clean. So you're already pulling from the ground right there, so you're getting a lot of volume there, and then you know snatches as well, and so you can go a whole phase, you know, whole period of time without doing any heavy type of deadlifts. And your deadlift might go up. Um, like last summer, uh, when I hit my heaviest deadlift ever, 555 is my PR. And uh, I remember the four weeks prior, we weren't doing any deadlifting. I think the only deadlifting that we did, uh, that I did, was like in a in a Metcon where I was doing like two, I think it was like 225-pound deadlift. So not very heavy uh, for me. And so my volume as far as like cleaning and snatching uh, went for that matter was pretty high. So that still mm-hmm. kind of, you know, benefited towards the, the pulling from the ground. But overall, that's kind of how the how the week kind of looks right now. Yeah, that's very cool that training the body in those different manners. So you're still pulling from the ground, yep. but doing it in that much more explosive manner with uh, lighter weights than what you would be able to handle with the deadlift that it still can transfer over to that. So I think that's a big tip that may be a great direction for some people to go if they're trying to uh, hit a PR in the deadlift but seem to be stuck at a plateau. For sure, yeah. I would uh, I would recommend just testing it out, maybe even a three-week, four-week period where you're just doing you know heavier power cleans or full squat cleans or maybe even just clean pulls because training, training in that different – um, type of speed because when you're doing heavy deadlifts all the time you're you're moving at a slower speed so you're really not training you know that dynamic effort as they call it in the conjugate system mm-hmm. so that's really what uh, what you're hitting with that and even if you do say you go for a heavy one rep um, you know clean and you happen to miss it in the front well you still got a, a an awesome you know strong and fast pull off the ground you got a good rep of that in even though maybe you didn't catch it or complete the rep you still you know got a good pull from the ground so another way to kind of look at it um in that regard to heavy deadlifting and if you're somebody because i know when i used to play football i was deadlifting heavy all the time and i i was having low back issues i was waking up with a, a extremely tight low back and that probably had a lot to do with uh, my overall mobility as well. Like I used to just have tight, tight, tight hip flexors because uh, I never really focused on my hip mobility at all. But um, I was just deadlifting heavy all the time, every week. And I really wasn't progressing ahead. Like I remember I was stuck at 450 forever. Like as soon as I got to, I mean, 405 would feel easy. And once I got to 450, it was just like I hit a wall and, uh, it really never went up until I started kind of rotating around heavy deadlifts with, you know, more more volume, fast, uh, dynamic Olympic lifts. So I think that definitely helps out. 
Yeah, you, oftentimes uh, the quickest way from point A to point B isn't a straight line when it comes to lifting. Yeah. You have to take some of these other pathways like, you know, you think, oh, I want to deadlift heavy, just deadlift heavy. And obviously that can work out well in the beginning, but uh, beyond that, you're going to, you know, do more volume with lighter weights, do an explosive in this manner. Uh, these other ways can get you to that point much better oftentimes. For sure. Oh. So you're also known for your philosophy of going 110% ham, which means hard as a motherfucker. Uh, when you are doing some of these hard workouts, let's say uh, some of the workouts in the uh, CrossFit Games competing there, um, what mentally, what do you do in order to push through a hard workout in order to uh, continually just be able to push when you're quite tired? Uh, well, one of the things that I've learned is, is to not look at because some of some workouts, you know, they, it just depends on what it is, and some some can look pretty intimidating when you really think about it. So, say you got like five rounds of, you know, ten deadlifts and four hundred meter runs. So, if you look at that as a whole, you're like, holy shit! Like I got a lot of work to do. And so, um, a little Navy SEAL kind of mindset tactic. Um, which I, I got this from Mark Devine, and he's just and it's in regards to like attacking things in smaller chunks, and so I've applied that to my workouts um, in CrossFit. So instead of thinking, all right, I got to get five rounds of this done, you break it down and you just say, all right, I just got to get this round done, like make it to the next round, or just focus in on the task at hand. So instead of thinking about the 400s that you have to run after the deadlifts. You say, all right, I'm going to attack this deadlift in two sets of five, you know, or going to go unbroken 10 reps on this deadlift. And you just kind of attack it in that way, piece by piece. Um, because just like any other sport, if you go into it, and you and I had a lot of discussions on mindset and uh, I guess how you picture things visually in your head um, mm -hmm. can make or break your performance. And so even before the workouts, you got to kind of analyze the workout and break it down in your mind and you know know you can attack it in smaller bits and pieces versus kind of looking at it at the big picture and you know getting intimidated by it so that's one of the things I really focus in on uh, in regards to the workouts and then part of that is uh, just kind of knowing your level and then pacing workouts out so in the beginning when CrossFit was newer it was just freaking balls to the wall pedal to the metal you're going to be crawling past, you know, the finish line when you're done. Whereas now, if you watch the, the top athletes go, it's not that they're going super, super fast. I mean, they're going fast, but it's like they're going at a, a, a steady pace. And then they actually speed up at the end of the workouts because they're doing it strategically. So they're not going like balls to the wall all out at the first, you know, sound of go. It, they're attacking it in a strategic way. So that's really what I try to do as well. Um, with any workout, it's uh, like me being a strength coach, I'm, I'm constantly like breaking workouts down and, okay, I would break this up at this point and, you know, different things like that. So that, that really kind of comes down to, I guess, you knowing your own abilities. Um, for example, if, if there's like pull-ups in the workout or something like that, you knowing how many pull-ups you can do until you you hit failure. So you'd want to. So let's say there's 30 workouts or 30 pull-ups in a workout, and you got to do like five rounds of that. 
where you're not going to try to go unbroken on 30. You might go faster on the first round, but then you're going to be screwed on the next rounds, right? So you got to kind of know your limits and know ahead that you, okay, I'm going to do two sets of 15 on these pull-ups. Might go slower at the start, but over the long haul, it's going to be faster. And uh, that's really what you see with the better athletes, the top athletes in the sport, is they go at a nice, consistent pace, and they're just attacking, attacking instead of like going full bore all out, and then you don't see them standing around very much because they kind of know their know their ability and they pace things out really well. So yeah, it makes sense. You keeping that pace, and then you can speed up at the end yep. depending on how you're doing is much better than. Uh, just going all out from the beginning where you'll burn yourself out and then, you know, just have to <laughs> sort of crawl through to the end yeah. of it. So that's a and it, very cool tip. It, it really kind of depends on the workout, too. So mm-hmm. um, shorter workouts are probably going to hurt a lot more than, you know, like longer workouts. Uh, like the the ever-famous Fran workout in CrossFit is probably – it's one of the worst workouts because it's so short that like the better you are, um, the higher level of fitness you are, the more it's going to hurt for you because you know you can sustain that intensity for you know two minutes. So it's going to be like right. the worst two it's minutes. An so, for the whole time. like in that in that type of workout, there's just there's no pace. It's just all out go for a workout like that. Now, if it was something like that for you know say, you know, 30 pull-ups and then 30 thrusters for three rounds, obviously you're not going to go same intensity the whole time. You're just going to go at a nice, steady pace. You might even break up your your uh, sets so you can maintain that higher intensity versus if you were to go out like you would on Fran, you're going to – you probably wouldn't even finish the workout, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, different things to think about in that regard, though. Yeah. So is there anything else you do as far as uh – you know, because you have the capability to sort of mentally just push really hard on all your workouts, every single rep or, you know, depending if you're doing more of these conditioning workouts. Uh, but there's definitely also a time to ease back um, because, you know, you can push, you can build up your mental toughness to the point of uh, where you can push your physical body beyond its abilities and injure yourself. So how do you balance those things out and how do you teach that to your clients as well? Um, funny that you should ask, I actually did a uh, short little podcast, um, today about that as, like I mentioned, I'm doing a deload week this week Mm -hmm. and, um, for most of my athletes, we have planned deloads every four weeks. And so we're going pretty hard for three weeks, progressively building up, um, um, you know, with, with different movements and we're really pushing the limit and then we back off that fourth week. So basically what I call a deload week or, you know, you just Mm -hmm. bring back the intensity. So you don't squat super heavy. You don't deadlift super heavy. You're not doing anything super intensive where you're, you're totally trashing your central nervous system. Um, cause that's the main thing that you're wanting to recover is your central nervous system. So that deload week, um, we're really focusing on, um, not hitting anything, that's, um, you know, going to overload the spine too much. So like, like I mentioned, heavy squats, heavy deadlifts are pretty much out for that week. And that's when we kind of just have fun with training or we just get out of the gym and, uh, it's like, go for a bike ride, go hiking, go swimming, go play a sport, go, you know, go play kickball or run some routes with football. I was just talking to one of my athletes the other day, um, 
about going and doing that and just getting out of the gym and stop focusing on the training because not only are you going to help your body refresh and and recover and that that's when you get stronger but you're also mentally going to refresh yourself so if you're feeling just run down mentally physically uh, you know that might be a sign that you need to take a deload week or focus in on other things that help you know uh contribute to recovery so uh, they say there's no such thing as overtraining it's just under recovering so um, some other things you got to look at is like how much sleep you're getting consistently a night uh, what your diet looks like are you staying hydrated different things like that um, uh, all all come into play and have to uh, you have to look at the big picture to see if things are balancing out but um, as far as deloading goes uh, for for most athletes, like I mentioned, we do a planned deload every four weeks. Uh, for more advanced athletes, uh, we might go every six weeks. For myself, I've just started to go kind of off feel or just the time of year. So, like I mentioned, we just got done with uh, regionals and CrossFit Games. So, I just told myself, you know, hey, I'm going to take a deload. Uh, I, I felt pretty good um, training wise. But I just knew um, a deload week would be good for me. Um, so once you start to get more advanced and l- really learn and pick up on how to listen to your body, so to speak, um, that's when you can kind of deload when you need to. And, um, I mean, there's a difference between showing up to the gym and just mentally not being there and just feeling lazy versus, you know, actually being run down physically and mentally. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a difference between that. So sometimes you just got to kick your own ass and, uh, you know, light that fire back up and then just push through that. And then other times you just really got to take a step back and say, all right, I need a rest. Um, right. not being a big pussy cause I'm not training hard. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, you need to have the awareness to know the difference exactly, of the two. Exactly. Mostly that, I'd say it just comes from actually going through both of them and paying attention so you can, Learn what that awareness is. Yep, exactly. And I guess um, one of the things in regards to like the whole like mantra and uh, the uh, the whole idea of going 110% ham, I mean, yeah, you want to put in that 100% effort and go that extra 10%. But then, like I mentioned, you got to understand there's there needs to be balance in your life. There needs to be balance in your training. You can't always be going 110% ham or you're just going to run yourself into the ground. It's a great mindset to have, but you got to have that sense of balance and being smart about things as well um, at the same time. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's really important to understand that. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely that mental toughness and being able to pull on that when you need it is uh, a very important skill set to have and to develop if you don't feel you have it already because I, I would say it's definitely a skill set but along with that equally important is knowing when to use it and knowing when not to yeah and that's sort of a different skill set itself <laughs> definitely yeah so let, let's move into nutrition a little bit uh what, what's your overall nutritional philosophy mine is uh well uh the best way to put it is just have a, a paleo base um and it's not that I'm like a super strict paleo eater. I just like the base of my nutrition is made up paleo wise. So 
Um, obviously, you're looking at lean meats for protein source, lean all types of meats for protein sources. So, chicken. Um, I hate fish, but if you're somebody that likes fish, fish is going to be a great source. Um, grass-fed beef, um, pork, eggs. You know all that different stuff. I eat a lot of vegetables myself. I always got like mixed greens on hand. Um, I buy a lot of frozen vegetables, so um, I think with with vegetables. People have such a hard time um, thinking they have to eat vegetables because they think they have to eat them on their own. Like, I have no issue eating vegetables. I can't eat them on their own, though. I mix everything with, like, a protein source. So you do that, and uh, it kind of eliminates the thought of having, oh, i got to eat, like, kale or i got to eat spinach or i got to eat broccoli. It's like just mix it with something, you know, mix it with protein. Um, but, uh, yeah, paleo based, so meats, um, lots of greens. I really don't eat too much fruit. Um, I do a greens drink to kind of replace that, but, uh, um, cause I, I just don't eat much fruit. I don't, I mean, if I, if I did, it's usually berries if we have them in the house, like strawberries or blueberries, but, um, don't really eat much fruit. As far as carbs go, I do a lot of white rice, and then I do sweet potatoes. I freaking love sweet potatoes. So I usually um, – I carb cycle, so I usually only have my carbs right around my training sessions. Um, another good source of carbs that I've really gotten into over the, the, the last year has been gluten-free oatmeal. So I've been digging on that. Um, as far as uh, – Fats and stuff like that go. I do goat cheese um, every now and then. I'll throw in like salads and stuff like that. Um, I'll do avocado. I do a lot of coconut oil. Coconut oil, pretty much with like everything uh, mm-hmm. in my nutrient. Like anytime I cook, um, I'll throw coconut oil um, with it. But yeah, just a paleo base overall. I'll do intermittent fasting. Um, on my off days, when I know I'm not going to be training or I'm traveling, I'll intermittent fast. So I'll basically just skip breakfast. Um, I won't eat anything. I'll just drink tons of water. I'll have a little bit of coffee, whatever, and then I'll just get rolling back on my normal diet um, around lunchtime or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'll intermittent fast on my off days, and then I briefly mentioned how I uh, kind of carb cycle. So Depending on what I'm doing uh, for training, what training's looking like, if I'm going to be training in the early morning the next day, I'll have a huge uh, protein and carb meal at, at night, so I kind of carb backload, and then I'll have a small breakfast um, in the morning, maybe before my training session with like gluten-free oatmeal and just a lean protein source, so like maybe some some egg whites or like turkey or chicken or maybe even a protein shake, and then I'll have carbs again like right after my training session um, but when my training volume was like crazy high we were doing like three or four sessions a day I was eating carbs at every meal and um, I mean you have to do that I think that's um, a big mistake a lot of athletes make and I, I definitely made it when I was in college and getting out of college thinking okay low carbs the way to get lean and carbs are the enemy and they you know if I went I look lean. I can't eat any carbs, and so I went through a phase where I was like a carbophobe, and I wouldn't eat any carbs, like just meat and meat and fat. And I can remember that that phase of my life where I, I was just like run down all the time, had no energy, and uh, finally just started adding the carbs back in. But 
Um, big picture of things, that's kind of what it looks like. It's the paleo base, and then I'll add carbs in when I need them. As far as like cheat meals go, every Friday, Saturday, I eat whatever I want pretty much. Not for the whole day, but like you're looking at Friday night meal. I'll usually – my favorite uh, cheat is uh, – uh, we'll go to this uh, restaurant. They got these sweet potato fries, so I get those. They have like the best ranch uh, dressing, and <laughs> it's all douse it in ranch, and then yeah. I'll get a big ass slice of their cheesecake. Nice. So uh, I usually have that for cheat. I'll eat pizza for cheat meals. So um, really, the way I approach it is like eighty twenty ninety ten rule. So if I'm really trying to dial things in, I'll keep it around ninety percent uh, lean and clean. And then 10% of the time, I'll, I'll kind of have whatever I want. And then usually in maintenance mode, it's like 80 to 20. So I'm, I'm really kind of a creature of habit. I don't mind eating the same thing over and over. And so uh, Monday through Friday, usually eating the same thing. And then uh, on the weekends, I'll, I'll typically eat real healthy during the day. That way I can kind of indulge at night, you know, whatever we did to do for dinner or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's really what it looks like. Yeah, that was pretty comprehensive. Nice answer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you mentioned the uh, green supplements. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, what you use, why you use it, but also what are some of your other favorite supplements? Definitely. Um, for the longest time, I've been doing athletic greens. Um, it's just a greens supplement. It, you know, it's in a powder form, so you just drink it first thing in the morning. I usually have it. Um, I've also been trying Onnit's uh, EGN, um, which uh, I think it tastes better than Athletic Greens, but they're both pretty good. Um, I'll usually, when I have those, um, I'll just have them right first thing in the morning if I'm not fasting. Uh, if I am fasting, I'll have it like with my, my lunch. I'll have it right before my lunch meal. Um, so... Or I'll have it in my post-workout shake. I'll just uh, just kind of really depends. But as far as um, uh, supplements go, really don't do too much for supplements. Uh, I do creatine. I do five grams of creatine. Uh, just toss that into my protein shake um, after workouts, and I'll I'll typically do that for six weeks on and take two weeks off, and then six weeks on, and it's just five grams a day, real basic. Um, do krill oil. Um, I do right now I got, I'm all stocked up with, uh, on its krill oil. And then my wife got this, uh, gosh, it's almost like pudding. Um, it's, it's fish oil, but it's, it, it comes in like pudding form. Um, it's like, it's really good and it's high quality stuff. So I always do fish oil. Funny thing about fish oil is since I've been taking it for so long, um, especially when I'm training, um, pretty, pretty high volume and pretty intensely. If I ever run out, there's been a couple times where I've run out of my fish oil and I could just feel it. I can like feel the inflammation in my joints and my knees. Um, it really truly makes a difference. I think when you consistently take that, um, and I mean, you know, as well as I do when it comes to supplements, I mean, they're going to benefit you, but only if like your nutrition is on point and you're consistent with it. So, I mean, there's, when it comes to supplements, I mean, a lot, a lot of claims out there, like take this for a week and you're going to, you know, be super, superhuman or whatever. But really the, those are the basics I do. I'm trying to think, uh, there's, there's another supplement I take, uh, glycofuse, um, which is like a 
straight up carb. It's like fast digesting carb. So that's something I uh, added in my protein shakes when when I'm training high high volume, uh, just to help assist with uh, recovery. Get those carbs in real quick um, after a workout. Um, I've done the Hercules formula that you sent me. That stuff is no freaking joke. And uh, I went through um, the pine pollen as well. I went through that whole bag of pine pollen that you gave me, and I I thought I felt. Um, Felt really good with that stuff. So, really, I'm real basic guy. Uh, I mean, I growing up in college, I've wasted, I don't even know how much money on supplements, um, right. buying the bodybuilding space. <laughs> What's that? Busy. In the bodybuilding, I remember oh, that one. Gosh. My friend uh, reminds me, actually, Tyler. You know, Tyler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we're going through a bodybuilding phase, and one time I said to him, "You know, it sure costs a lot of money to be strong." <laughs> Yeah, it does. like my wife, uh, my wife right now um, is going, she's got um, WBFF Worlds here next month. Well, yeah, less than, less than 14 days now. Yes, yes, it's coming up real quick. And so, I mean, holy shit, that's expensive from the nutrition to the supplements that you got to be taking. I mean, it's crazy, but uh, I mean... That's really what I do, though. Like, I've learned my lesson over the years. There's stuff that works really well, and then the stuff that's usually, like, really hyped up and flashy and, uh, you know, like that, it, it usually doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely need to experiment and find what works for you, and, you know, you, you find those solid things, like you mentioned, the fish oil. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is really important, like, having sort of that awareness, and I think that's like again sort of another skill set you can build but uh knowing your body on that level where you feel like well i'm a bit more inflamed than usual i could use some more of that or take some other things that may help with that same situation or maybe now's the time to easel back a little bit in your workout it's very important to cultivate that awareness yeah and i've i've never been like huge on um pre-workouts i i went through a phase there in college where um my roommates and I, because uh, they, they got a hold of this stuff, and it was like, I think one, one of the containers was uh, was called, uh, oh gosh, it was popular for a long time. It was like, I can't think of it. It was like H2O or something like, I can't remember what it was, but that stuff just would make me all loop, like jacked out. Of my I, couldn't even, I couldn't even focus. I'd like feel like I was going to throw up in my workout. Um, so now I usually just do like black coffee and then, um, you sent me the, uh, Hercules formula mm-hmm. and I, I've tried that a couple of times and really I only go, I, I use that stuff when I really need it. Um, yeah. I need like a, a big pick me up, but usually I'm not too big on any type of pre-sups. Uh, I usually get a big, big enough kick from my, my black coffee in the morning. I usually have like one cup of black coffee, so that usually gets me going, but uh, I'll have to send you something to try just as far as the rowing and endurance. I think uh, yeah, definitely some things that could help with that. For sure. So we'll anything, talk about that. Help me out. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, uh, so you're pretty successful in being really strong as hell. And uh, I do recommend anyone listening here go and look at some of the stuff that Travis does. It's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, and you got your nutrition dialed in. Uh, you have the gym. You also have the online business. How do you – 
balance all these different areas of life. You're also a fairly new parent, what, a couple years old? Yep, Uh, she is uh, almost 17 months old now, so time is just flying by, man. Yeah, so how do you balance all these different things and uh, still keep moving forward in them? Um, Well, to tell you the truth, when my daughter was first born, I thought I had everything uh, balanced out, but I was kind of flying to the by the seat of my pants, so to speak, and it was just like back then before she was born, I was just like hustle grind all the time, like I'll just get this shit done. And now that she's around, like I I have to be organized with my time, and mm-hmm. I I have priorities set now. So um, I try to work off a list. I always have like a major to do list. Um, I have a big goals board. I'm actually sitting down in my my basement right now. And I have a big goals board down here every month. I write out like the main thing that I'm trying to focus in on. And so since I have two different businesses, I I have an offline. So brick and mortar, um, my goals for the Forge Athlete, you know, whether that's like we're, we're releasing a new program, uh, promoting, you know, a certain, um, uh, you know, program to new, new clients or whatever, I, I have that goal up there that I want to accomplish in 30 days. And then I write up the big focus that I'm uh, wanting to put all my attention towards for train aggressive, which is my on- online business. And so then I work backwards from there. So whatever the main goal is in 30 days that I want to achieve, you know, whatever that is, then I think about the steps that I need to take to get there. So what am I going to have to do on a weekly basis, on a daily basis to achieve that overall goal? And so I just kind of work backwards from that on both of them. And they're always up on the board. And so every time I come down in the basement, I, um, I'm, i you know, in my work period, um, I figure I look at the things that I need to get done. And typically uh, the night before, uh, I do this in my phone now. I used to have a big notebook where I just draw a line right down the center of the page. I'd write forged on one side. I'd write train aggressive on the other side. I'd write down, uh, I used to make the mistake of having a to-do list that would have like a thousand things on it. Like, okay, this is what I got to do tomorrow. I got to do this, mm-hmm. this, 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 this. And you get fucking overwhelmed and you're like, holy shit, like how am I going to get all that done? Instead, I, and especially now that I have, you know, a little girl, I need to, I need to prioritize time to spend with her. I list three big things that I need to get done. And um, I've had struggles in the past where, you know, I'm trying to get too much done in a day where I'd I'd accomplished quite a bit, but then I was like, all right, I got to get more done. I got to get more done. And there there was like never any downtime. And so I was like starting to get burned out. I think um, with the system that I use now, I list out three big things that I need to get done for my online business, three big things that I need to get done for the gym, and I attack those things. And then once I get done with those, if I have extra time, maybe I'll, you know, focus on some other stuff. But if I don't, then I'll try to shut it down for the day and then, you know, focus on on family. But um, I think uh, one of the big things is, especially if you if you have your own business, is you still got to put, I guess, heavy focus in uh, focuses on having boundaries as far as time goes, because. Uh, for me, like I said, I struggled in the past, like never being able to shut it down. So it'd be like nine at night and, uh, I'd be like, oh shit, I can, I can work on this, you know, and, 
you start working on another project or whatever. Whereas like, so a lot of my friends who have like nine to five jobs or whatever, they just never understood that. Cause once five o'clock hit, they were done with work. Right. So like work was done. It was just like whatever time. And that's, that's kind of the, the challenge entrepreneurs face is, you know, it, it never really truly shuts off because you, you got to learn how to manage yourself. It's not about managing your time. It's about managing yourself and uh, being disciplined with like sticking to, you know, priorities and not fucking around on Facebook and, you know, whatever. And so I've learned a lot of lessons over the, over the past and my system definitely isn't perfect, but I do get a lot more stuff done now. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that was sort of a big aha moment to me. I was reading Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog, mm-hmm. and he says like, "You're you're never gonna finish your to do list." Never. <laughs> and I, I never. never thought about it in that way before, and so I was like, "Huh, that's very interesting thought." And from there, that that was a great book. But uh, those tips, yeah, keeping it to those simple things, especially as you know, I I do not have children yet, but I'm sort of preparing for that. I know that day is coming. And uh, I will have to make some changes to my work life at that time. Yeah. So that's good. All right. So uh, we've covered lots of information from uh, a lot of stuff around CrossFit and the programming for strength, really, how to treat your weaknesses, all kinds of very cool stuff, the sort of mindset when you need to attack to go 110% ham, when you need to back off, uh whole download of information on nutrition and also keeping productive in your life uh where should people go in order to find out more about you and see what you're up to for sure uh they can go to my main blog which is travisstetzel.com um and i've kind of switched gears in regards to um taking my brand away from that and focusing more on just trainaggressive.com so um, there's more action going on over there. I'm always active on my Facebook page, so it's just facebook.com slash trainaggressive. People can get in touch with uh, with me there. And so, um, yeah, if anybody listening in has questions about anything, feel free to get in contact with me, and I'll see how I, I can uh, help you out. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another interview for you.